The Dream Cloud Flash Sale is here, today through Monday only. Get 25% off everything, including the Dream Cloud Premier Luxury Hybrid Mattress. Dream Cloud combines the perfect blend of comfy memory foam and supportive coils to make you feel like you're sleeping on a cloud. Order today and get 25% off any mattress purchase, plus $499 in accessories, including premium pillows, a sheet set, and mattress protector. Visit dreamcloudsleep.com for 25% off site-wide. Hurry, this offer ends Monday, October 17th. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, Richie V, Mr. Call Screener, El Conservador. And we're here 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. Happy Veterans Day to everybody out there that served in uniform. That's everybody in the Marines, in the Army, in the Space Force, in the Air Force, the Merchant Marines, the Coast Guard, of course, the um, Navy and, and every single uniform branch of service in this country, I salute you. Happy Veterans Day. Now, I woke up this morning and I was just scrolling through the social media, seeing what's going on and thinking, you know, today I want to talk about a few things. I want to talk about the virus. I want to talk about the Rittenhouse verdict that is to come. And, of course, about the veterans. And we're going to get to everything today, so stick with me. But there was a message from both President Biden, you know, at Arlington Cemetery, his son, a veteran, died uh, from his from what he believes is a service related um, cancer in his brain. And he did something about it. And people oftentimes criticize me saying, you know, the problem with you is you, you don't give Biden a chance. You'll never say he did anything good. And I go, well, listen, if the guy does something good, I'm going to say he does something good. Now, I think when you do something for veterans, it's something good. And he did something today besides the lip service, but he actually took action on something. So as far as I know, there's not a Chinese kickback attached to it, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, yes, Joe Biden did something good, and we're going to get to that after this. But I saw this video from President Trump, Donaldus Magnus, El Trompito, the 45th president of these United States, El Presidente. And I uh, thought, you know what, let me bring that to you, because his speech, in, in my opinion, was quick. It was a quick message on video, and it was uh, more impactful than what I heard Biden mention. But Biden's speech wasn't horrible. But I will uh, will reflect on Biden's comments and more so on what he did for veterans today in an act of kindness, shall we? But first, let's listen to the president, El Jefe, El Presidente, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States. Today, I'd like to pay tribute to all of those incredible people, and you are indeed incredible people, who serve so well and so strong and so powerfully in the United States Armed Forces. We love you. Our nation respects you. The world respects you. And we will come back. Our country has gone through a lot. The last period of time has been very, very tough watching what you had to watch. But our country will be back and will be back stronger than ever. Happy Veterans Day. Well, thank you for that, Donaldus Magnus. Now, I wonder why he said the last period of time. Why not like the last year, the last months, the last whatever, you know? The last period of time. I don't think he forgot the words. 
think there's something more to it. He was being very specific. Anyway, maybe I'll turn to one of those uh, people that only go by initials that leak military intelligence secrets on secret chat boards on the internet to get the information, or maybe not. Anyway, I want to talk about Joe El Baboso Biden. Now, Joe Biden gave his speech at Arlington Cemetery, but he also announced something, and uh, I think it's only fitting to say, you know what, as long as there's no Chinese kickback tied to this, I think this is a good thing. The Biden administration has announced that it's going to make it easier for veterans to receive benefits after being exposed to toxic burn pits. Biden believes that his son's exposure in Iraq contributed to his own death. Now, these burn pits, they burn like stuff they don't want to leave behind. It's part of the destruction before they leave. And there's a big picture of it on the ABC News article. And the goal, the administration said, is to help more veterans receive benefits, especially those with constrictive bronchitis, lung cancer, and rare respiratory cancers. Secretary of Veterans Affairs Dennis McDonough told ABC News correspondent Stephanie Ramos that the policy has been a major priority for the Biden administration since it took office. The charges, he said, will help veterans with terminal cancer who can't tell to wait, who he can't tell to wait, excuse me. The VA will now create presumptions of exposure when the evidence of an environmental exposure and the associated health risks are strong in the aggregate, but hard to prove on an individual basis. Maybe there's the kickback I'm talking about, or maybe he's actually cutting out red tape. Time will tell, according to the White House statement. And this is obviously uh, something Joe Biden is lauding, thinking that his own son died from this. He says, because of his exposure to burn pits, in my view, I can't prove it yet. He came back with stage four glibestoma. Hope I said that right. Biden said in 2019, 18 months he lived knowing he was going to die. Biden also said that anybody who was anywhere near those burn pits, that's all they have to show and they get covered. They get all of their health care covered. In August, the VA began processing claims for asthma, rhinitis, and sinusitis, presumptive conditions, which will also include constrictive bronchitis, lung cancers, rare respiratory cancers such as squamous cell carcinoma of the larynx, the trachea, the salivary gland, different tumors in the trachea, according to the White House statement. So you know what? I say kudos to you, Joe El Baboso Biden, because you know what? We need to be there for our veterans. We need to be there to make sure that they're getting the services that they need. So when people come to me and they say, look, you've never got anything good to say about Joe Biden, I'm going to say, you know what? I've got something good to say. He actually did his job and helped the veterans on this one. At least it looks that way. Now, don't know. Don't know if I'm right or don't know if I'm wrong. But this is just the beginning of that. The administration also plans to improve data on individual exposure, raising awareness for benefits for military exposures, yada, 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 yada. All good stuff. Retired Sergeant Kevin Hensley, the legislative director of Michigan's Department of Veteran Affairs and Foreign Wars, VFW, says that burn pit victims suffer from terminal constrictive bronchitis, and he's cautiously optimistic about the White House's announcement. The official legislation hasn't been signed, and as we all know, actions speak much louder than words, said Mr. Hensley. Well, I get that, sir. Hensley served in the Air Force from 95 to 2006, during which time he was deployed in both Iraq and Afghanistan and was exposed to burn pits on four different occasions during the War on Terror. He said that first symptoms show uh, respiratory illness for him started in 2006, at which point the VA provider diagnosed him with asthma. 
And it was not until 2017, 11 years later, that his health really deteriorated and he finally sought a second opinion from a non-VA provider and was diagnosed with his terminal condition. Hensley said that despite Biden's proposal, veterans like him will still have animosity towards the VA because of years of misleading them about the severity of their illness. Saying, quote, before we were just told that this is all in our head and we were making it up and we have some mental health problems, he said. I'm hoping that the training that the VA and outside agencies receive for care actually take into consideration and understand the significance and the issues that we actually have. Well, I agree with that. And listen, my brother, Bobby Robert Valdez, he served in the United States Marine Corps. So I salute him as well as every veteran that's out there because they're doing what we don't do, right? And if you served again, thank you. But for so many people, they don't serve. This is not a country where we have compulsory service. It's not something that we have to do, like in some countries where you're required to do it. This is a country where things are free and amen to that. So I think, you know what? Let's look a brother out. That's always been the trade-off service and you get these benefits, you get a pension, you get the honors, all of that. Recently, there was a death in my uh, extended family, two of them actually, uh, within a month of each other. And both of these gentlemen had served in the United States Army and both of them received uh, military honors at their funeral. And I got to tell you, it was a really classy thing. It's just a really beautiful service. And it's fitting. It's fitting for people that have put their life on the line in service to this country. That's all I can say. Now, of course, this portion of the program has been brought to you by Noom. Now, Noom is an app that I actually use. So I want you to check it out as well, because just like cancer is on the forefront in this story, mental health is something that's become part of the global conversation, not just on the public stage, but also on a personal everyday level. Learning how to manage daily stress and anxious thoughts is something that we all want to do, but few of us know how to do or even where to start. Well, Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash this is America. Noom.com slash this is America is backed by science. The lessons in this app are based on psychological principles that you can teach yourself about how you relate to stress and anxiety, which can lead to other health issues like stress eating and stuff like that. So if you want to watch your weight and be healthy and stay hydrated, this app is the app for you. Plus, this app holds your hand. There's a daily little curriculum, but it's also coupled with a one-on-one coach that's going to guide you and encourage you straight through your journey. These guys at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash This Is America, they're experts in behavior change. Noom has helped millions of people through their weight loss program, so you know they're going to help you through managing stress and staying healthy. Remember, this app is accessible, it's convenient, and it's only 10 minutes a day. So you can do it wherever you are and whenever you want. So it's time for you to worry less and feel happier. Sign up now for your personalized trial at Noom.com slash This Is America. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash This Is America. Noom.com slash This Is America. All right, now straight ahead, we're going to talk about the Rittenhouse verdict, plus some news on the vaccine and the virus and all that crazy stuff. And I have a little rant I want to talk about with respect to what do we do and what's the end game of the Democrats and the crazies in, in Washington and all that stuff. So stick around straight ahead. Lots more to come. This is America. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. 
With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash Farm Energy Assessment. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And we are looking at a bunch of different stories here. There's a story that I want to share with you that's a little bit off the beaten path, and we're going to get into it. But it has to do with the vaccines and all that stuff. It's really, when I say off the beaten path, I'm not kidding. Now, this story, first of all, it's in the New York Post. And here's the headline. Brothel offers free sex session to patrons who get COVID vaccine on site. Wow. I didn't know where to start or finish with this stuff. This is by Ben Cost in the New York Post two days ago. Crazy stuff. Check this out. An Austrian brothel has devised an ingenious way to incentivize people to get the coronavirus vaccine. (laughs) Check this out. By offering promised patrons a free fling with a prostitute of their choosing if they get immunized at the bordello. Saying, quote, we are very popular. This is uh, Christoph Leichlier, the director of Fun Palast in Vienna, Austria. He told Reuters that this enticing new initiative, which they created in response to the recent government mandate, barring the unvaccinated from restaurants and other indoor areas, part of the uh, infection spike. So he says, you know what? We've come up with a plan. The measure is known as 2G and has reportedly caused a 50% dip in the number of clients at the brothel. That's according to the Daily Mail. So to help stem the financial hemorrhage, Fun Palast is now... And that's Palast, P-A-L-A-S-T, is offering the COVID jab every Monday from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. through the end of November. Best of all, men who get inoculated on site will be gifted a free 30-minute session in the Skin Merchants VIP Club with the quote-unquote lady of their choice. Think of it as a sexy nurse role-play scenario, but with actual medical care. Many men, very many men with a migration background virtually refuse vaccination or don't even know that you can be vaccinated, lamented Fun Palace manager Peter Lascaris. And he goes on, he says, and since we're actually reaching this target group, we decided to set up a vaccination site right here. The Cat House's inoculation station isn't just open to luxurious men. No, no, no. Boys as young as 14 years old are reportedly allowed access to the clinic at the whorehouse, provided they have an adult with them, while women are also being encouraged to head over to the Fun Palace for a coronavirus shot as well. Business has skyrocketed following their clever skin-centive program. I'm reading this verbatim. Since the 2G rule, vaccinated or recovered, has been in place, there's been a real rush to get vaccinated, said Lascaris. We have a lot of people coming in today to get vaccinated. So, you know what? These guys in Austria have figured out how to beat de Blasio at giving out free stuff. De Blasio thought, well, you know what? We got to give out free stuff, free stuff, free stuff. 
He was giving out Mets tickets and this and $50. And Biden said, we'll give you $100. Well, these guys figured out, we will give you a human being. We're going to give you sexy time. And that's the enticement. I got to tell you, I would not believe that. I would have thought that would have been one of those parody sites, but that's an actual real story. And that's crazy. But speaking of vaccines, there's this piece in stream that I want to share with you. Uh, It's from our policy partners uh, from Just Facts. This is an article about their work written by James Agresti and stream.org. And the headline is PolitiFact and Facebook spread gravely dangerous falsehood about COVID-19 survival rate. Now, these games that they play with numbers are really tricky because they presume that you're dumb and you presume that they're honest. And that's a, a match that's ripe for fraud if I've ever seen one. Check this out. November 8th in stream.org by James Agresti in a PolitiFact article titled Why the COVID-19 Survival Rate is Not Over 99%. They argue that 1.7% of the U.S. residents who contract COVID-19 die from it. However, the guy from PolitiFact uses a naive approach to his calculation. The methods aren't exactly legitimate. And when you do the right math, turns out that the actual average of COVID-19 survival is actually firmly over 99%. Medical journals have documented the deadly harms of exaggerating the fatality rate of COVID-19. Nonetheless, Facebook is amplifying PolitiFact's false claim by using it to censor genuine facts about the issue. So the first one that they point out is the denominator problem. And they go into how, you know, why that's wrong. And this is a long article. I'm not going to read everything, but I wanted to bring it to your attention because uh, I always tell you, if you want to get some solid information, go over to Just Facts. And James Agresti is the head researcher, the founder of Just Facts, my favorite think tank outside of Washington, D.C. That's justfacts.com, J-U-S-T-F-A-C-T-S dot com slash rich. That's my name justfacts.com slash rich. You can sign up for all of these articles, all of the information. They will put it in your inbox as often as you like. You can set up how often you want to get it. And I recommend that you do because the primary source data and the the legitimate academic pushback that they give the the fake news media and the people at PolitiFact and the quote-unquote fact checkers, they're fact checking the fact checkers. And they only sway you, in my opinion, towards the truth and they do it by way of the facts. So I think if, uh, if I were you, I would go and sign up for JustFacts.com. It's absolutely free. JustFacts.com slash rich. You could sign up for the uh, newsletter. And uh, yep, you can thank me later. And this article, they keep going on talking about the case reporting and how it underestimates the total number of SARS-CoV-2 infections because under detection of asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic cases and the variation in the use of the availability for diagnostic testing, that's the line that they use to say that they've got to make up for this or account for that. But the reality is, you know, at first they said, well, you know, you can catch this thing just by walking around. It's in the air. It's microscopic. It was all fiction. It's not that serious. Like if you don't go near someone that's sick, you're not going to get it by touching the same surface. As long as you wash your hands, of course. But it's not some sort of uh, super bug in that sense, which is a good thing, right? It's a virus that we now know how to somewhat contain. And it's not by way of the virus, uh, or I should say the vaccine. It's by way of our own cleanliness, not putting down the vaccine, of course, which has its own implications. Oh, yeah. Look at this piece. EpicTimes.com. Michigan Township closes schools after staff has negative reaction to the COVID-19 booster. This is just coming after a day or two of Gavin Newsom has been off the grid for about a week and a half because he's been taking care of his own reactions. Right. He did a video yesterday or the day before 
And this is the Thursday edition, Veterans Day edition of This Is America. So maybe on Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday, Gavin Newsom surfaced and he has Bell's palsy, right? He's got facial paralysis. It's uh, a legitimate side effect of the booster that he just got publicly on TV. And maybe he'll say it's separate, it's not related, but what do I look like? I was born last night. I might have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. You just took the vaccine. Your face is paralyzed. Boom. There's a reality show I watch. Same thing. It was during the pandemic. I'm watching the, the 2020 episodes now, trying to catch up. And the mom in the show, she's got this paralysis in her face. And I'm just going to speculate here that she got the vaccine early on and is one of the victims of the vaccine. I'm not saying people shouldn't get the vaccine. I'm just saying if you don't want it, don't take it. But understand that these things do come with certain repercussions, certain side effects. I read you that thing about Thailand the other day about the poor girl in the Phuket Times. That was a horrible story. But anyway, this township in Michigan announced that they would close every school because staff members experienced a negative reaction to booster shots. In a statement that was posted on the school's websites, the Saginaw Township Community School said, due to staffing issues, the district will be closed on Monday. A large number of our staff had a negative reaction to the COVID booster shot given at a voluntary clinic over the weekend. The bulletin said there is a substitute teacher, uh, excuse me, substitute teacher and staff shortage throughout the state, further complicating the availability to cover those absences. Now, in a Facebook response to a comment on Monday, the school system also said it's planning to open on Tuesday. Now, the point here is that a whole school district had to close down because there was a bad batch. Now, they're saying it's a bad batch. Some people will take this and say, oh, it's every vaccine. They're all bad. They're all horrible. I'm not going to get into that debate. You do what you want to do. You are a grown person. And if you're a kid, do the homework, figure it out, do your own math. I don't want facial paralysis. That doesn't sound fun to me. I don't even know if I could speak the same way. That might actually impact my ability to do my work. So that's definitely something I'm not going to mess around with. It goes on to say that these recommendations are another example of our fundamental commitment to protect as many people as possible from COVID-19, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Rochelle Walensky, blah, 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 blah. Listen, I'm just grateful that Rochelle Walensky is not uh, advocating for the vaccine saying, look, go to Vegas, go to the Bunny Ranch, go to one of the whorehouses there, one of the brothels, and we will get everybody vaccinated and bring your teenagers. Yes, teenage boys. Bring them to the, even better, bring the teenage girls. I mean, that would be just absolutely insane in my opinion. But who knows? Maybe that is what is to come. I don't know. Anyway, you chew on that for a second with this COVID stuff because the whole thing is crazy. We've got James Agresti revealing that the, their statistics, the numbers, are the, it's kind of fuzzy math. They're fudging the numbers, right? Then we've got the, the prostitution uh, angle. That's how we're enticing people. And then this last one where they're shutting down schools because the people got the vaccine and there was a bad reaction. I tell you, you can't make this stuff up. Anyway, there's a little bit more to come. I want to talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse stuff. The, what's the verdict with Kyle Rittenhouse? Now, if anybody's listened to this show for any extended amount of time, you know that when this happened, first thing I said was, Kyle Rittenhouse is not the person that should be on trial. It's his mother. Why on earth was this 17-year-old there with somebody else's gun in a different state doing Lord knows what? Now, listen, I get that he lives close by. I live close by Manhattan, four miles away. I At that time, I had an 18-year-old. I thought to myself, if my 18-year-old kid was in the city in the middle of a riot, I would freak the bleep out. My kid had no business being out there at that time. And that's been my opinion. Now, I'm not trying to legislate from the from the bench. I'm not trying to Monday morning quarterback. I'm giving my opinion that I gave then, and it's the same pretty much now. I don't think he should have been there, but given that he was there, I would have done the same exact thing that he did. I would have defended myself the same way. 
God bless him that he's a good shot. I'm glad that he licked off a few and, and was able to walk away from this because it could have been fatal for him. It really could have. Those maniacs, those felonious pedophile maniacs, and again, I'm just going by the reports. I haven't really uh, delved into that, but they didn't seem like good guys, right? So more on that when we come back. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. Happy Veterans Day. Big salute to everybody that served. And I want to get to some of this audio, right? There's been a, a bunch of conflict with the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. There's uh, a lot of um, back and forth with the judge. And I think... All good, man. This is all good stuff because we need to have judges, people that are presiding over things that are scrupulous, right? We can't just sit here and have a, a rogue prosecutor do whatever the heck he wants to do and say whatever he wants. I mean, they, they will, but we need people that are going to push back and do the right thing. So you've probably heard some of this audio, but I want to play it for you anyway, just in case you're catching up, because... I think these questions were kind of crazy. At one point, the prosecutor literally, you know, in his cross-examination of Kyle Rittenhouse, this is the kid who um, was walking around the, the riot, in the middle of a riot, trying to protect property. He wanted to be a cop. He was an EMT, all this stuff. In his own estimation, being a patriot, sticking up for people. And you know what? God bless him. I wish more men that were 25 and 30 and 40 and, you know, that weren't minors and were local to that area were doing that job. But he took it upon himself. And that is a big part of what I believe in America we need to do is take more things upon ourselves to do what's right. So I don't want to speak out of both sides of my mouth. I just don't think he was the right guy for the job just yet. All that being said, he nailed it. And as he nailed it, you've got these prosecutors that want to make an example out of him because they hate you and they hate me. They hate anybody that stands for liberty. They hate anybody that's going to walk around with a rifle. They don't like this one bit. And thank God this judge said, you know what, I'm going to stand up for the rule of law and I'm going to put these people in their place when they go out there saying these crazy things like, why didn't you drop your rifle? Why didn't you just keep running? Why didn't you run the other way? How about I got a rifle in my hand, I'm on the floor and a guy's about to kill me. How about I shoot him? That sounds like a great way to defend yourself. But And I think the, the jury's going to see right through this. And if they don't, then we're going to have a big um, upset. Anyway, I want you to hear this audio. Check this out. Now, I had made a ruling that the evidence wasn't coming in, and you decided that it was. I, I, if I could just respond to that briefly, Your Honor, I was about to say, I did not interpret your ruling as an absolute... We, we've had three state motions in the 
There was one in which we asked the court to introduce evidence that the defendant was at Pudgy's Bar with Proud Boys, and you were clear that is not coming in. There was, you know, don't get into other subjects. Get it. Get, come on, what you're telling me, you're an experienced trial attorney, and you're telling me that when the judge says, I'm excluding this, you just to take it upon yourself to put it in because you think that you've found a way around it? Come on. If I may finish, Your Honor, I was about to say that <laughs> your, your ruling on our three motions and uh, other acts motions was there were some gradations there. That you were clear that some things were absolutely out, and then you left the door open on other things. Uh, uh, no. So I, I, I saw that distinction, and I thought to myself, clearly I know this is out, but you left the door open on other things. So I didn't interpret your ruling as this is absolutely never coming in, and I have practiced before you, Your Honor. I have filed other acts motions before you. Your practice oftentimes is to reserve ruling on those until you see the evidence. And I think you even said something to that effect at our motion. I undoubtedly did. So I thought this is my good faith explanation to you, and if you want to yell at me, you can. My good faith feeling this morning after watching that testimony was you had left the door open a little bit, now we had something new, and I was going to probe it. I don't believe you. <laughs> there better not be another incident. I'll take the motion under advisement. Good for you, Your Honor. I think this is part of, uh, th this is such a sleazy lawyer. I would not be surprised if in a couple of months we find out this lawyer is caught in some sort of child sex ring because he's got that look about him like he's one of those pedophile types. But I don't want to be overly critical. He just looks like a weirdo. Anyway, he, he goes on to now try to badger, at least, you know, I'm no lawyer, but I'll allow it, Your Honor. He goes on to Badger Rittenhouse saying, oh, but you intended to kill him, didn't you? I mean, obviously, you were trying to kill the guy. Everybody that you shot at that night, you intended to kill, correct? I didn't intend to kill them. I intended to, I intended to stop the people who were attacking me. By killing them? I did what I had to do to stop the person who was attacking me. By killing them? Two of them passed away, but I stopped the threat from attacking me. By using deadly force? I used deadly force. That you knew was going to kill? I didn't know if it was going to kill them, but I, I, used the, I used deadly force to stop the threat that was attacking me. You intentionally used deadly force. I just want to stop this for a second. Hold up. Now, that sounds pretty damn clear to me, right? Asked and answered. But no, no, no. Let's keep digging. Against Joseph Rosenbaum, correct? Yes. You intentionally used deadly force against the man who came and tried to kick you in the face, yes. correct? You intentionally used deadly force against Anthony Huber, correct? Yes. You intentionally used deadly force against Gage Grosskreutz, correct? Yes. With regard to Joseph Rosenbaum, you fired four shots at him, correct? Yes. You intended to kill him, correct? I didn't intend to kill him. I intended to stop the person who was attacking me and trying to steal my gun. Obviously. If somebody's coming at you and they're kicking the crap out of you and there's a bat next to you, you grab the bat and you swing it, it's clear. If you hit this guy in his head, you could destroy their life. They can be dead. So, yes, it's deadly force. Are you trying to kill them? No, you're trying to stop them so they get the hell off of you. I mean, how, how uh, difficult is that for somebody to comprehend? Clearly, this guy comprehends. He just wants to play games. And he keeps playing games and putting words in people's mouths. And I guess that's part of his job as a trial lawyer and as a prosecutor. But in this situation, I'm not necessarily a cheerleader for, for Kyle Rittenhouse, but I think fair is fair. The kid was there. He, he wasn't 
a criminal. He wasn't there looting. He wasn't there burning things down. He was there trying to do the right thing. And they were attacking him specifically. What else is he supposed to do? Even the journalist who was recording on the video, he made it very, very clear that this guy was trying to get Rittenhouse from behind. And the first thing I did identify was that Rosenbaum was charging Kyle Rittenhouse from behind. And then as he's charging him into the car source parking lot, uh, a firearm goes off. You can see it in the frame at the top of the car. Can I ask you this, stop you for a second? Yeah. Did you hear that real time? Hear it and saw it in real time. Okay, go ahead. And as uh, the first firearm goes off, Rosenbaum is already charging Kyle from behind, uh, attempts to throw a bag at him, not sure what's inside of it. And um, Kyle is right at the corner right there, in the car, car source, and turns around, and Rosenbaum is lunging towards him very clearly, and Kyle fires. And do you see that? With your eyes. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, no, no, I saw it with my beep. Of course. <laughs> he was videotaping it. Anyway, I mean, just the things that some of these people ask. But this guy, Drew Hernandez, great journalist, video journalist. I think he does a great job. And he did a great job on the stand telling the truth, but he had the courage to tell the truth and to make sure the record was correct. Because, again, they tried to put things on him saying that this is very, very biased against the rioters. Listen to this one. Um, your videos that you have captured of these incidents that you call riots, they're very uh, slanted against the people who are rioting. You characterize them as Antifa, Black Lives Matter, rioters, correct? Because they are rioting in the footage, yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Great job, Drew Hernandez, for that, because I think that that was well done. Because they are rioting in the footage. Yes, absolutely. Obviously, if people are running around dressed like ninjas and they look like Antifa, you know, there's an old saying, right? If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, quack, it's probably a duck. That's exactly the point. And this is the problem that we have nowadays. People want to just pretend everything is everything. And we can't keep pretending. Sometimes we have to take accountability. We, we can't blame everybody else for what's going on. Right, they're trying to blame Rittenhouse because he might have been at the wrong place at the wrong time, but it doesn't make him guilty of murdering these people. He didn't say, I'm going to go there and shoot some bad guys. He said, I'm going to go there and do what I got to do to help my community, to help my friend's neighborhood. Big difference, right? Even people who have guns in their home for home defense, the same premise. You have a gun in your home. Is that because you're intending to kill someone or because you're like, no, I'm just going to keep a gun in my house. And if uh, I ever have to defend my property, my life, my family, whatever, it's there. Nobody's intention is to murder anybody. And this is a somehow a fundamental distinction that gets lost. But anyway, a lot of people come at me on a regular basis with questions, different questions. And I guess because I have a different perspective on things, I'm a very, very laid back kind of guy. I don't take it. I, I never do the show shouting, right? I might raise my voice just so you can hear me, but I never. I don't do the show, you know, the Republicans, the Democrats, they're not. I, it's not my shtick. I, I'm not that guy. I don't ever get that excitable. I just don't. I, I, I could care less, honestly, to, to sit there and yell like that. Uh, I get angry. I do something, you know, we figure this out because that's just how I'm, I'm made up. That's my DNA. 
I'm not criticizing others. I'm just trying to make a distinction because I feel like so many people are now addicted to outrage and it doesn't matter what happens, right? We look at the Virginia elections and, you know, or even like, let's say Rittenhouse gets off. I can already see people going, oh, you know what? Yeah, he got off, but still these people burnt the city down. They did this. They did that. That prosecutor should never be allowed to talk to him like that. I mean, no win is good enough for anybody lately. Nothing is good. You know, we won in Virginia. We almost won in New Jersey. We have uh, smaller victories across the country. Nope, nope, not good enough. We'll never win another election again. Every every single uh, election is rigged. Come on. We really have to get past that because it, it just doesn't work that way, right? The GOP is spineless. Are they? Here's what I'm going to say. And this is not a defense of the GOP. This is more, let's just take a look at ourselves first. And this reminds me of that Bible verse where it says, and I'm paraphrasing, this is the Rich Valdez version. Before you criticize your brother for having a toothpick in his eye, make sure you pay attention to the telephone pole that's in your own eye. And that's the uh, the spirit of, of where I'm coming at with this stuff. Because everybody says the GOP is spineless. And I think if a corrupt politician from any political party is being corrupt, and then there's somebody who's watching that happen and doing nothing, who's the spineless person? The corrupt politicians doing the corruption or being inactive as a politician, that's his job, right? He's, he's being a crook. What's our job when we see a crook? Who is the spineless person in this scenario? Is it the honest citizen that just stands there watching, complaining, and doing nothing to stop the problem? I'm just asking a question. If you're walking down the street and you see somebody mug an old lady and you do nothing, we can say that the guy who robbed the old lady is spineless, but he's actually doing something, right? He's like, oh, I'm going to go rob an old lady. That took some level of courage, some level of, of evil something. He did something. I'd say the guy that's spineless is the person that watches and says, I'm not getting involved. My opinion. The person that is risking getting arrested, risking causing harm to another individual, or the person that risks absolutely nothing, zero sacrifice, taking zero action to help the old lady. Which one of them is spineless? Maybe both. But I'm definitely not going to allow the person who's done absolutely nothing. And I'm not talking about voting and stuff like that. I'm saying, you know, we, we've all got to get I'm talking about myself again. I'm talking about the telephone pole in my eye. Which among us is spineless? And what type of action do we need to take? Am I saying we should all go out like Kyle Rittenhouse? No. But I'm trying to make a point through a question. Is it our constitutional republic that is the problem? Or is it our corrupt politicians that are circumventing that system that is the problem? Which of them needs to be tossed out? The constitution or the corrupt politicians? Now, once you've come up with that answer, the next question is, what are we doing to that end? Because all too often, people ask me, but why are they doing this? What's their end game? First of all, I think, what's your end game? Forget about that guy's end game. What is my own end game? Who cares what George Soros's end game is going to be? It's obviously it's to screw you over, to screw over the country, to fundamentally change stuff. We know this. What we need to do is ask, what is our own end game? How does this end for the American patriot? What outcome do we desire and what are we doing towards realizing that outcome? None of us can drive our car looking in the rearview mirror because it takes our eyes off the road. We're going to crash. It's impossible to put the toothpaste back in the tube. You can't get unpunched in the face. We have to handle our business moving forward. 
So if somebody thinks there's election fraud, they should sign up to be a poll watcher. Tell their boss that they can't work on election day forever. Municipal elections, county elections, federal elections, you name it, work every election as a poll watcher. There's a little bit of sacrifice. You may not get paid for that day. But we do have to take certain risks. We have to be willing to sacrifice. If the local political party, let's just say for me, it's New Jersey, New Jersey GOP, which is doing their job, at least from what I can see, there are lawyers that are on the ready, on standby, making sure that the elections were legit. And the candidate, Jack Cittarelli, he's told everybody, we're on it. We're looking at it. If we lost, I'll tell you we lost, but I'm not going to tell you until every legal vote is counted. And he's got a team of lawyers watching this stuff because he wants to make sure. So now if your local political party isn't doing that, and I can't imagine that they're not, because if we're doing it in Jersey, they've got to be doing it everywhere else. This is the bluest state in the country. But if you can't, then get 10 like-minded people just like you to save up 10 paychecks and donate them to America First Legal, to the ACLJ, whichever lawyer you want. Go to law school at night. Become a lawyer. Fight this fight the way that they're fighting. Hillary Clinton has Mark Elias. Who do you have? Who's your Mark Elias? We need an all-hands-on-deck sacrifice. That's what's necessary for victory right now. Just think of this. It took a single parent speaking up at a school board meeting to motivate more parents to do the same. And then they, they read these books, like the one written by Mark Levin, American Marxism, and so many others. And it lays out exactly what people need to do to fight, especially Chapter 7, which is entitled, What Can We Do? What we can do is sacrifice. My best advice to anybody who's frustrated and feels exasperated by the current political situation in our country It's to adapt the mindset that every job is your job and no job is anybody else's job, at least for right now. If you need something done, you must do it yourself and build a team that will help you do it. We can no longer be like, oh, I'm going to write my congressman. They're not going to do anything. We know this. Don't waste your time. Replace the congressman. If you don't want to be that congressman, find somebody that will run and do it. Help them get money in their pockets so they can run the campaign and buy the ads and get out there and help them knock on doors. You know, there are two types of people that have never asked the defeated question, oh, but what what can we do? What can we do? Just imagine George Washington saying, oh, but what can I do? What can I do? I can't imagine George Washington asking that. Little old me, what can I do? I'm 50 years old, I'm 60 years old, I'm 70 years old, I'm retired, I'm this, I'm on a fixed income, I don't have this, I don't, all excuses. Everybody can do something. But these two types of people, like this patriot, the founder, George Washington and others like him, they weren't sitting there saying, what can we do? They were saying, what can I do? Better yet, telling everybody, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to start a revolution. We're going to build a country. Right? That's what he did. And I'm not telling you to start a revolution, I'm just saying... Be decisive. The other person that'll never ask, what can we do? What can we do? Oh, woe is me. AOC, all out crazy herself. Bolshevik Bernie Sanders. They're never, ever, ever going to ask what they can do. They already know what's going on. George Washington may have asked God what he can do, but that was about it. He made a plan and he executed it. And of course, the progressive left is the same way. They never say, what can we do? Al Sharpton doesn't say, what can we do? Oh, what can we do? I don't understand. The right is taking over. I don't understand. They're ruining voting rights. 
You think he says that? You think Louis Farrakhan gets his panties in a bunch? And what can I do? What can we do? No, man. They know exactly what they're going to do, and they do it. Just like the brave men and women of our armed forces. And that's why I think it's so important for us to sometimes reflect on these things. And again, I'm not beating up anybody in particular. I'm saying sometimes we frame our thought process with these questions that just derail us. Questions like, at what point? Ellipsis, dot, dot, dot. Lose it. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help America. Questions like, what's their end game? To steal as much money as they can and have as much power as they can, and they don't care who loses it in the process. What's the end game? What's the end game for a guy that puts his fist through a window in a jewelry store and steals all the jewelry? Obviously, the uh, owner of the jewelry store is going to be at a loss, and the guy who has a fist full of jewels is celebrating a victory. That's all this is. We've seen it in Cuba. We've seen it in Venezuela. We've seen it with Xi in China and, and Mao and others. These guys were never broke. They got money. They knew exactly what they had to do. And we know exactly what we have to do. And if we don't, then we need to inspire one another. So maybe my approach is not that great to inspiring, but I want people to reframe the questions they're asking. Instead of saying, what can we do? Say, hey, here's what I'm going to do. Because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So it's time for you to stand up and do what you got to do. That little chime means I got to go. It's like the bat phone. Mark Levin is calling. So hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 